independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Um, Unfortunately, one of the conversations we will be having today is about another uh, shooting that occurred in our country. Uh, A mass shooting. Six people died. um, Several people injured. um, Some more may uh, lose their lives. Uh, The shooter, uh, who I don't like naming the shooters, and I know that Chad doesn't like naming the shooters. By the way, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Um, I know that uh, this is not something uh, that... Look, it, it's odd. Uh, I I am from the Jersey area, but I lived in Chicago and Illinois for a long time uh, in my life. Uh, and I actually have been to the parade, the Highland Park parade that this happened at. I was there a couple times. Uh, I even actually uh, worked uh, for a radio station I worked for and did interviews at the... Um, there's a concert that happens after this parade. So a bunch of bands perform. They're all like high school bands. And it's surreal, and I'm sure as this happens more and more throughout our country, I'm now a part of a large group of people who can actually feel a connection, very close connection to uh, something as horrible as this. Um, I'm a few steps removed. I wouldn't say that I'm actually from that area specifically, not by any stretch, uh, but it's just it's just something. And look here, I know there's another conversation that comes up all the time, and maybe as things get closer to home, uh, wherever that might be in our lives, you you believe as though you need to talk about this a different way, uh, and I I don't. I, I know this is a very serious way uh, to start this conversation, but when we pivot to the other things, the the talks about how we prevent something like this, and then the politicians start to talk about what we need to change in our society, if the Second Amendment is something that matters or doesn't matter, uh, if we need to change this or that, which I know they don't exactly say that, uh, all of that does drive away from, I think, blaming the person responsible for doing the horrific thing. Yes, they chose to use a gun. Uh, This person chose to climb up on a building using a ladder and uh, essentially act as like a sniper um, to to kill, as I said, six people and wound several others. Uh, So the actions themselves, the things the person did, 22, by the way, uh, which I don't know if that is something that needs to be talked about a lot more, but it feels as though it does uh, the ages of the shooters in the attacks that have happened in our country over the last year seem to be relatively close more often than not. They seem to be a young person between 18 and 21, 22 years old uh, for whatever reason. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know if the valuable conversation that I get sometimes from people listening to other stuff I do uh, in this industry is about how parenting and and uh, all those things come into play. I will say this, um, and this is odd to say, but it's something that I noticed. Uh, since I am more closely tied uh, to people who live in this community, um, I do, I guess, when I click on some things, I can find uh, the Facebook profile of the father of this individual, the individual who carried out the, the shooting on July 4th, on a holiday where we're celebrating so many. It's just... Uh, but I can connect to that and I can see uh, what's being said on that person's page right now. I don't know them at all. And I certainly think that if if children are capable of doing these things, 22 year olds, uh, 22 year old kids, there is a valuable conversation about what was going on uh, and how the parents raised their child. I think some people are just born evil uh, or are evil people. Um, so I'm not blaming anyone, but I do think there's a valuable conversation to be had there. 
Uh, and I saw a lot of the reactions. Uh, a lot of people who probably don't know this person saying some stuff uh, on that Facebook page. It was just, it was odd to see uh, and odd to think about uh, the idea. Um, and actually, as I said, that person, that that father of this um, now arrested individual, um, they have mutual friends of mine. I could reach out to, to friends that I actually do know and ask uh, if they know anything about the family, about uh, everything involved in in the life. Uh, the, the father is a failed politician, ran for office in 2019. Uh, otherwise, people describe them in the community as a quiet family, uh, a quiet family that once ran for office uh, and owns uh, delis and stuff, uh, owns restaurants and whatnot, a uh, small business owner. Uh, but this 22-year-old person deserves the brunt of our conversation uh, for the next few days. That's that's what we should be talking about is the the horrific actions this person chose to take. We should not glorify it. That's the thing. And I guess this is probably the point of all this rant that started this show today. Um, that person had a bunch of red flags on social media, uh, was known to police in the area, known to the, the police department as someone that that they would have concerns about. There seems to be a lot of information uh, that was out there, even um, video of the parade route itself a year before this this uh, shooting occurs yesterday. And I wonder if just the one thing we need to do is throw out the age of the person, ignore that moving forward. And what I mean by that is if they act as though they're willing to do something on social media, if they reference it, if they glorify uh, something as horrific as what, as what this person did yesterday, we need to take them seriously on it immediately. We, we do not need to think to ourselves, well, this person's 18, 19, 20, 21. Maybe this is just something they're joking about. No, there should be ramifications to making light of this sort of thing. Because this person seemed to be after um, uh, fame of some kind, notoriety. This person glorified uh, that sort of thing uh, and actually had some different communication things that they had some some um, uh, just uh, conversation apps and things in which they actually talk to other people about um, uh, this guy. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying they. Uh, this guy talked to other people about uh, trying to do this, uh, trying to not specifically uh, do this, what happened yesterday himself, but glorifying um, mass shootings. So it's horrific. Uh, and honestly, it's interesting, too, because I, I still work in Illinois. I don't know if I should put that out there, too, but I do. Not the same area. I, I live a little further away from the, the Highland Park area now. And there was a legit, legitimate debate uh, with my uh, company about a fireworks show that occurred last night that I was a, a part of. I was a host of it uh, as to whether or not we should cancel it. That's a conversation that happened in other places in the country. You saw that happen. And I thought and just wanted to share this on the show today for anybody that and I saw a lot of social media conversations about people saying, hey, uh, the holiday doesn't mean what it should mean because of this, that or, of course, this horrible event. And I, I always I've always taken my lesson from the onion. This is a very uh, odd bounce around, very serious uh, one shot of a, of a conversation here. One uh, one topic um, uh, open to the show. Uh, but the onion put out a, a newspaper days after 9-11 that was legitimately very funny. Uh, if you actually read it and, and looked at a bunch of the things they put out, but they debated there and they were in Manhattan at the time. I think their offices were located there. They debated if that was disrespectful, if that was an inappropriate time to put out humor or, or try to not move on, per se, but but keep living our lives. And uh, it was praised and is still praised to this day as one of the 
the moments that made people who follow it, which is probably not all that many people, um, think to themselves, man, okay, like life goes on. These horrible things happen in our society and they can make us mad, but they don't, they don't halt us from living. And so last night, uh, we decided to go ahead with our fireworks show and everybody that came out, a lot of people came out in our community, uh, said they were so happy to have it. They were so happy to, to celebrate uh, the 4th of July, to celebrate our independence, to celebrate what makes this country great and to do it in spite of uh, the things that happen in our country that make us upset. Uh, but once again, just one more time, I guess this is all I want to say. Uh, this is all the last thing I want to say on this topic uh, is just that another conversation has emerged. I'm not attempting to defend any politician or distract from that conversation. I do think it's dumb, uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, people are saying that maybe the shooter was this uh, guy uh, was a big Trump supporter. Um, but people who actually knew the person, uh, people who actually are close to that person, uh, said that he never posted about so he never posted about politics at all. Didn't seem like a terribly politically motivated person. There are two moments, uh, two photos, it seems, uh, that demonstrate some level of of interest and or actual maybe potentially Antifa activity uh, for this person, uh, for this guy um, involving Trump, wrapping himself in a Trump flag. Uh, but uh, here's the problem, and it's the same problem I have with the gun control conversation. Why do we want to shift the blame? Why do we want to pivot the blame away from the horrible person who did the horrible thing? Why is that a desire in our society? For the politicians, I get it. They want to shift the blame because they want to talk about other things. They want your support. They send out campaign requests, financial requests. They ask for money uh, in these kind of times. And I, I get it. They're they're doing a, a horrible job, and I, I dislike a lot of the ways that politics work. But everyday people, when we start arguing with each other on social media about gun control and all this other stuff, we help shift the blame away from a 22-year-old sick, evil individual who decided to take lives during a, a holiday parade uh, just because I think also they're a coward and they don't know uh, how, to, how to better, I guess, um, uh, do the horrible thing they want to do. They have to go hide or they have to uh, choose a school with children. Uh, these people are people that should be uh, disgusting, reviled, and talked about in a way as though everything, every decision they made to go to a parade where no one's armed and open fire from the top of a building is a, a cowardly, disgusting act. All right, <laughs> that's the take on that conversation, the uh, conversation about the person who uh, took lives in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, at a July 4th parade uh, yesterday. We're going to move on from that after this. So a quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. I usually don't get into politics. As an ordinary suburban housewife, you feel a little disrespected. I teach my children not to name cars. You are a flabberman! A flabberman! Come on, man! Um, guys, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? Chad Benson. Just a loudmouth. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back tomorrow. Uh, the GOAT, Joey Chestnut, won his 15th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest last night or yesterday. Uh, the most amazing part about it, uh, outside of the 15 and 16, uh, which seems to be a record that probably won't be toppled in the world of uh, hot dog eating contests, 
Uh, he dealt with a protester who came up. The guy had a Darth Vader mask on. This guy was an idiot. Like, I know that a lot of protesters uh, seem at times to be people that just, um, well, a lot of us wouldn't agree with on things. Uh, but this guy, this person who decided to do this seemed like a unique moron, uh, but walked up there at a little sign, uh, some sort of message, and a Darth Vader co- uh, helmet or Darth Vader uh, mask. Joey Chestnut put him in a chokehold while eating hot dogs, dropped him to the ground as the guy tried to stand next to him with his message, and then kept eating hot dogs and won the competition. Everybody who was facing him yesterday should retire from competitive eating. If you can't beat a guy who is being approached by a protester, a guy who puts he essentially played like a little bit of wrestling uh, during the event. But here it is. Here's the announcement that he won. And I just thought it was amazing. It's a very quick uh, chokehold. So you, if you see it online and somebody describes what happened and they say like puts him in a full chokehold, uh, it was very fast, but it was still incredible. And then you just you just keep hitting hot dogs because you got to win this thing for a 15th time in 16 years. Three Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns. Joey Chestnut. <laughs> it was a crazy contest. I'm happy I was able to come through on top. That's Joey. Uh, he ate uh, 63 uh, donuts or t- donuts, 63 hot dogs. Uh, the next closest person, I think, uh, had something like uh, 40 or 50. So he he beat somebody by a decent amount. 15, 16 hot dogs. Uh, pretty incredible. Uh, and by the way, just again, the best part is the part that he actually dealt with somebody coming up, trying to be a moron, and just put that moron right on the floor. And then uh, security got there um, and got a hold of him, uh, which I love the fact that, like, the guy got all the way up there in a Darth Vader mask with a with a sign, like he's at a baseball game trying to hold it up to get on TV. And like that, they missed that. But as soon as Joey puts him in the chokehold, like, oh, we got to get this guy. Uh, so good job done by all there. Uh, and uh, valuable win. Uh, 15 out of 16 years. I think uh, Joey Chestnut can retire. I think he can move on to something else if you want. You know, I did have, I, this is a sillier thing. I had one conversation with a friend about why competitive eating isn't like a sport that has a lot of notoriety. And I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons why it's not on the same level of NBA or anything else, that uh, NFL that we live with in our society. Uh, but one of them, and this is one that uh, he kind of came up with more than I did, my buddy, is that it's just, uh, like, gross to watch. It's not the most fun. If they could do it in a more visually appealing way, uh, eat 63 uh, hot dogs in one in 10 minutes, whatever the amount of time. One, I don't know what how much of time it is. Uh, but if they could do that in a way that wasn't as gross as it is, like, it, that wouldn't make you feel awful if you sat next to it while you were eating out that evening. Like, if Joey just does this in his regular life, you take him out for a steak dinner and he just... He dunks the steak in water and just starts to go at it the way that he does the hot dogs. I think it could be more popular. It probably wouldn't still uh, be a, a top uh, sport. It wouldn't have giant sponsors in it, but it'd probably be bigger than it is. Uh, but anyway, one more time. I didn't mean to uh, break bad on Joey there in his sport. I just, Well, if it's even a sport, whatever it is, I think it's hard. I think you got to be in a certain kind of shape. It's amazing that that guy's not like a million pounds. Uh, I got to be honest too. Like the fact that he looks like a normal dude, uh, confuses me a lot about how that whole thing works because he does eating contests all the time, all year long. I don't know if he eats other times in his life. Maybe he stores it like a squirrel in his body and just uses it until the next eating contest. I have no idea. All right, I want to play this audio too. Uh, there's something else out there in the world that I thought was pretty funny. Um, this is a dad who got, Al, uh, probably a little bit too sauced at a wedding, uh, and he might have almost lit some stuff on fire. Uh, that's the story we have 
Uh, here is the audio that goes with it. Okay, so the things you can't see, and the reason that I was kind of thinking, does this audio even make sense to play, is that Drunk Pop is the only one who doesn't see the fire that's hitting some decorations and starting to spread a little bit, and it does get put out. People do uh, respond to it. Everybody's okay. So Drunk Pop is the only one on the dance floor still grooving to the music, and it takes all that yelling and screaming to get his attention, to be like, now nah, you got to move, man. This is not, that's not part of the show. <laughs> He's okay. Uh, his name is obviously Lynn, by the way, as everybody starts screaming and yelling at him. Uh, he's fine. Um, I'm glad that he's fine. I don't know if he's the one who might have knocked some things into some other things, uh, but Sprinklers eventually, I think, came on as well to, to make everything okay. Um, I, I can't say that this is a situation uh, that I've never seen myself come close to, but I've never done it quite like that. Uh, but happy everybody's all right. All right, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, I've mentioned it a little bit while being on for Chad, uh, who is back tomorrow on this show. Uh, and I've mentioned it some other places, too. Uh, Airmageddon is a thing. Uh, Airmageddon means that a whole bunch of flights are getting canceled, uh, that the airline industry is struggling a lot. Uh, some pilots have put op-eds out there saying that they're being worked very hard and that we're getting close to maybe something. Uh, I don't think anything truly bad would happen, but something... Uh, causing this airline, causing the airline industry to make different decisions. I've also heard from a lot of pilots saying that's not true. Uh, there's a bunch of regulations that allow pilots to get all the rest they need. They'll be fine, and they are being worked as much as they can be. Um, but those regulations protect them from it getting uh, to a point as bad as some are saying on, on op-eds. Anyway, all of this is to set up a simple point uh, and a story that's out there, and I can't believe, and actually I have some audio now of one of the people who said no to this. A Delta flight offered people $10,000, $10,000 to take a bump, uh, which means that they would go ahead and get a different flight uh, for free from the airline, and they'd be given uh, money uh, because of the inconvenience of having to take a different flight. $10,000, and nobody said yes, as far as I understand. At least this guy, his name is Jason Allen. Uh, He did not say yes. The reason why is the same reason it would have been for me, although I would have probably at least tried because five grand, 7,500 were numbers that were offered as well. Uh, But Jason said he just didn't believe it. Uh, He's flying back to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So he's not thinking to himself that that's such an on-demand flight that someone or even a family could get 10 grand a pop for the tickets they have. Here is Jason saying, yeah, it's a joke. They came on the PA system and said that they were looking for volunteers and that they were willing to pay $10,000, which everyone assumed was like they heard it wrong, right? I've 
taken bumps as they call it plenty of times in the past, but usually that's for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Here's the problem with that is maybe like no one was paying attention. Maybe the speaker wasn't working well and that's how it gets up to 10 grand. But more times than not, this can't happen because someone takes it way sooner or enough people take it way sooner for an overbooked flight. I've taken bumps before too, like Jason has said, and I've done it for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, It's usually a moment where you get to the airport and you think to yourself uh, in that uh, couple minutes, do I need to be there at this time? Could I get there a little bit later? Could I get there tomorrow? Could I figure out another way? Uh, And it's just free money. And I guess I've been wrong this whole time. And anyone who's gone ahead and taken the low amount of money, we now know the airlines might go up to 10 grand. So everybody, we have to agree as a group uh, to hold back on any sort of bump and go ahead and wait for it to get up that high again. Uh, But it's not surprising to me. Uh, I guess that no one thought it was real. Uh, That would make sense. I would not have thought that that was a thing uh, that actually was happening. Uh, It was uh, seven family members uh, for one of these individuals on the flight. Seven family members. I don't know if every single person would have got 10 grand. They probably uh, dropped that price down per person. Uh, But it's it's, it's a decent amount of money. That's that's a lot of cash uh, in order to go ahead and get a gift card. uh, Some kind of, I guess, maybe immediate Apple transfer. I was also offered Apple Pay transfer. Uh, yeah, I uh, should have done that because there's nowhere you need to get at the time you need to. I and There's nowhere. Like, I would say that even if you're trying to get to somebody's wedding, you'd be like, ah, I got you a better gift. I went ahead and threw way more money into the, my my card, and I'm, I'm just late. I just made it to the reception. Or maybe you just swing by the next day. That's probably a hot take, but I'll throw it out there. All right. The inventor of cell phones says that we should put them down and get a life. Uh, the inventor of the first cell phone is 92. Uh, if you don't know that, uh, his name is Martin Cooper. Uh, Martin was recently asked because that's what you do if you're uh, writing for a magazine that talks about this kind of stuff. You find the original guy who made the first cell phone and you ask him what he thinks of everything going on in the world. Uh, and uh, by the way, he's not a founder of Netflix. I think some people were getting confused because uh, there's a guy with the same name, not that. Uh, but he said that they've kind of ruined us. Um, he said that we really need to to find a way to only use our cell phones for a small amount of time instead of all the time, every second of every day. I do love the the get a life take. I, I do uh, because it does seem to be something. Uh, and I don't know if it's it's that all of us don't have lives, uh, but we think that too much of our life is in the old cell phone and we need it to not be there. We need it to be anywhere else. And so he words of wisdom from this individual, from this guy uh, that I think we should all definitely live by. Here is him saying uh, that we got we got to pump the brakes on the old invention. Maybe he's not getting any royalties, I imagine, anymore. I doubt there's anything else he's making money on. Uh, so maybe that's a part of it, too. What would you say to anybody like myself who are upwards of five hours? Do you really? You really spend five hours a day? I would say, Jane, get a life. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down, man. Five hours a day. I uh, Bad news. I think some people do it even more. I think some people go even further. Uh, in that road. Uh, One other thing that I thought was pretty interesting out there is I want to get away from uh, serious things and do some lighter things. We'll talk about some of the serious stuff uh, later on in the show today. Uh, A kangaroo got loose in Louisiana. Uh, This was after a parrot that was apparently somehow in in the enclosure figured out how to get out. So this is a Disney movie in the future of some kind, I think. Uh, The family that owns the kangaroo is not going to be allowed to keep it uh, because, well, I don't think they're allowed to have that kind of pet there especially if it goes on a little bit of a, a, a run around town. Uh, but I just thought this was rather interesting <laughs> conversation and a rather interesting like buddy cop uh, or whatever it is, like buddy movie uh, in the world of animals. Uh, the parrot figuring out smart things 
and getting both uh, both of them out into the world. Uh, I don't know what the parrot did after. I don't know if we have an update. I don't know if he just like watched the chaos from the cage and just didn't go anywhere. Uh, but here's a little bit of this. He was like, there's a kangaroo on the side of the road. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? There's no <laughs> way. I turn around, he points it out, and sure enough, there's a kangaroo right there. He was just going fast. like He was jumping in the ditch, and he was gone in like probably 30 seconds. I slowed down. There's nobody on the road, and we just watched it for a little while until it went to the woods. So those are uh, buddies, uh, Brennan and Ethan. Uh, they're the ones who saw the kangaroo just kind of chilling uh, in a part of uh, Louisiana where you don't usually see kangaroos on the road. And I just love the thing they say. They're like, we just kind of followed it. And then we slowed down and we're just like, that's a kangaroo or uh, we need to go get medically checked for something. Uh, we're not sure what else is going on. I do. I want to play it again because uh, I do. I love the idea that they're like, man, this can't be what it is. All right, it is. Uh, we're just going to observe. He was like, there's a kangaroo on the side of the road. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? There's no way. I turn around. He points it out. And sure enough, there's a kangaroo right there. He was just going fast. Like He was jumping in the ditch. And he was gone in like probably 30 seconds. I slowed down. There's nobody on the road. And we just watched it for a little while until it went to the woods. Yeah, this makes sense. This is what I would do uh, if I saw a kangaroo in the wild. I don't know that I'd call any sort of animal control. I'd just be like, man, kangaroo. Uh, this day got cooler uh, right away. Uh, all right, I have a couple other quick things, and then we'll take a break in a few minutes. Uh, the best way to improve your friendships is to move away from your friends, according to a new study. Uh, if you have close friends you've lived with for a while, uh, something that apparently can strengthen that connection and not maybe hurt it uh, is getting uh, space, eventual space, from the people that are close to you in your life. Uh, social media personality psychologist. <laughs> I love that sentence right there. Uh, this person is a, a educated individual, Michigan State University, William Chopic. He's the one who put this whole thing out there and made it go viral, the research that he said he found. Uh, but they describe him as a social personality psychologist. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, he says that it's this intense feeling of either going on a trip or getting away totally uh, from people that maybe have gotten used to you being around all the time that can enhance things. I, I will say I don't think it does the same in the world of a, like a romantic relationship. I feel like this is only friends that have probably a limited expectation of you. I've always thought that the people who do the long distance dating thing or the long distance marriage thing or whatever it is for life circumstances and the longer they make it, the more impressive that is because that feels uh, it seems to be way harder than anything in the world of this. Uh, but I do love this. Uh, I love the idea that uh, and maybe this is also a nice bit of commentary, this study on how we think that social media and all this stuff uh kind of fills those gaps there, lets us be connected to those that are far away from us. Uh, but it's untrue for the people that are actually uh, ones who are in your life every day that you see in person all the time. If those people leave you, if those people move away, it makes you want to communicate and get to know or connect with them more um, because you were so used to having them around. And it says something. It says something about how little social media actually can um, replace or change that stuff that is just a core part of our actual life experience. That's a very hot, or not hot, but a very serious take on this story uh, for some reason. Uh, and hopefully uh, studies like this are what eventually make the metaverse fail. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's attempt to make us all just willingly get into the matrix. I hope that eventually that goes uh, south. And I hope that studies like this are reasons why. It's just not the same thing, man. Uh, checking somebody's social media photos all the time and seeing what kind of restaurants they've been eating at, or, or maybe if they have like a dog photo or six uh, that's not the same as getting to hang out with them, uh, say, for a weekend. Uh, so, again, I think that that's a pretty cool thing. All right, one last one, as I said, and then we'll take a break. Uh, the most annoying passive-aggressive uh, phrases uh, have been listed. Uh, I, I love these. 
a new poll found that people dislike when you're passive aggressive in the workplace. Uh, 20% of people say that they have at least one coworker who is often very passive aggressive. A second, by the way, thrown under the bus on this, the second most passive aggressive person mentioned in people's lives was mom. Um, I'm not saying everybody has a passive aggressive mom, but 18% of individuals uh, threw shade her way when talking about people that frustrate them in the world of not saying what they mean. Uh, but the top sentences, and you can decide if you agree with these, I'll just give you the top five of things somebody says to you uh, that irritate you immediately because you know uh, what they're actually trying to say. One is sure if that's what you want to do. <laughs> that's number five on the list. My wife will say that to me. And my wife, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't consider it passive aggressive. I think it's sometimes just passive. Uh, but the passive can be uh, frustrating too because uh, I know there's an opinion in there. And I know that if I, if I get the opinion right, if I do the right thing, then I know uh, I'm going to create a happier missus and that's a happier life. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, every so often, it's sure, whatever you want is not the road you want to go. Number four in this list of passive-aggressive whatever, uh, which is always aggressive. I almost consider that actual aggressive. If you say something to someone and their response is whatever, they want you to know that they very much do not like what you just said. No offense but is considered passive-aggressive. I'm not sure I totally agree with that one. That's number three on the list. Why are you so upset? It's number two on the list. <laughs> I don't know why I find that one so funny. Uh, there are times you couldn't, you can be confused. Like I think you can ask that question in honesty. If someone gets upset and you weren't expecting it, and I think a lot of people get upset about a lot of stuff now, uh, there can be a real version of why are you so upset. But I guess there can also be the other one uh, where you know what you've done. And then finally, the top one on the list, you're too sensitive is something that apparently a lot of people consider to be passive-aggressive uh, when I guess the reality is, just like with number two on this list, some people are kind of sensitive. Uh, but I, I do understand those who would say this when they've been rude, they've been mean, they've been whatever they are, and then they look at the other person and be like, ah, man, you're just you're too weak. Uh, all I did was insult everything about you. So I think it's an either-or for a lot of the ones on this list. But uh, if you've said these things recently, uh, you should know that people think that uh, you're not awesome, or at least that that was an awesome moment. So pull back on that. I like the direct conversation. I always say that to the missus, and eventually I do find out that I need to take her to the Minions movie because that's what she legitimately wanted to see uh, this past holiday weekend. It was a good movie. It was a fine time. Uh, I could have preferred, I would have preferred other stuff. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Hashtag immigration reform. Hashtag help. I'm trapped in a hashtag factory and I can't get out. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad will be back tomorrow. Uh, I loved a recent bit of information I found out via another survey, another online poll. A one in three people say the worst part about buying a thing. Excuse me, two in three people say the worst part about shopping, about buying anything is returning stuff. Uh, two and three people seem that that's the uh, most awful part is that the return is maybe inevitable and that you got to go through the whole process. Uh, they'd rather do nearly anything to avoid returning an item they bought. Um, I would say that this is just another version of people not being able to have conversations in the real world. And I imagine it's like young people uh, more so than anyone else who just can't return a thing because uh, they don't want to cause any conflict. They don't want to trigger anybody. They don't want to go in and say that the size 15 shoe they bought does not fit their uh, size six foot. 
Uh, they don't want to do that. They just want to go ahead and keep the item. Uh, but 2,000 U.S. adults uh, were surveyed, and 67%, as I said, came back with, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like returning stuff. I, I'm not saying I, I like it uh, myself either, uh, but I, I'm not incapable of doing it. I've actually gotten several warnings from uh, Amazon specifically for returning, like, too many things. Uh, they'll send you that warning, which I don't know what that means, by the way. And if someone can tell us, uh, Facebook.com uh, slash Greg Collins Show is to find me or Chad. I would prefer you tell Chad on Twitter, Chad Benson Show, or wherever you want to go. Uh, and he can try to figure out why that's being sent to him and then maybe explain it to me. Uh, but Amazon has thrown, like, the hammer down. Like, we'll discontinue your Prime membership if you keep returning stuff, uh, even though I do buy and keep a lot of stuff. So I would, I would be surprised that they really don't want me as a customer anymore. But I've gotten it, I, like, two different times, uh, the, old, uh, the old threat uh, to go ahead and turn, turn the account off. Um, but I, I don't think, again, that this is something that should make sense. And it really depends on how you are as a shopper. I would say returning items takes longer for me than buying them, uh, which shouldn't make sense. Uh, but I'm a very quick shopper. I go in, I see a thing, I like it enough. I don't have FOMO. I don't have fear of missing out. I don't have fear of something better around another corner, a shirt that's going to look even even uh, better on me. I'm not worried about that. I find one that looks okay, done, purchased. Uh, probably not bringing it back. Um, I also saw some other stuff out there in the world that I liked, uh, at least uh, this story, uh, and I don't know how to feel about this, and this is probably why I want to blame the, blame the young people for the one I just talked about, the two and three that can't return stuff anymore, that can't have that physical conversation because uh, one in three young Americans, specifically Gen Z, did not know who we gained independence from when asked uh, in a survey. Didn't know. Uh, we're celebrating July 4th, Declaration of Independence, our freedom, uh, the revolution. And you ask one of three young people who it was we were we were revolting against. And they're like, I don't know. That's a good question. That's horrible. I, I don't. I think we talk a lot in our society about the stuff going on in school, about whether or not it makes sense to have uh, this educator who wants to teach this opinion to all these uh, students, uh, teach it in some way that definitely seems to have problems, mistakes within it. Uh, CRT is one example of that kind of stuff. There are certainly others, uh, but I think to miss out on just mentioning who it was that we were we were uh, trying to gain our independence from, our freedom from, like that didn't come up in school, uh, but we talked about your own uh, gender identity with a child. Like that, that seems to be a, you got to go the other way on this moving forward. We got to go the world of uh, people should probably know uh, that it was Britain, uh, the UK, that we fought uh, fought against uh, uh, England, uh, helping everybody out. Uh, the, the red coats are coming is something that people should probably know uh, more about. Uh, no one knows any of this stuff, apparently, or at least young people do not. Uh, and that is some of the most amusing stuff that I've seen recently. Uh, and yeah, we are laughing like at you. Uh, and I, I don't usually say that. I usually don't like anyone to laugh uh, and anyone on purpose that's not a politician. I know I'm a woke millennial. I'm dumb. Forgive me for that. But when you say something that silly, that uh, uneducated, I, I think that you got to shame people into knowing stuff. I think that's the way that it used to work in our society before everybody uh, was told that we can't be mean about anything ever. Uh, we can never, uh, and not even, I don't know if mean's the right word, but we can't treat somebody uh, like they need to fix an error in their lives. Uh, not knowing a basic fact. Uh, feels like one of those moments. And I'm sure that right after I say all this, I'm going to get something glaringly wrong uh, in the next few minutes because I've jinxed myself into it and I'll just accept the world to live in at that point. And then I'll learn the fact. And if I get made fun of for not knowing a thing, if I have a blind spot in my life, I will take the making fun because uh, the making fun is, well, fun and important. Uh, quick break, a lot more. Uh, interesting day so far today. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. 
is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, I live in the Illinois area. I have been to the Highland Park Parade uh, where a uh, 22-year-old shooter, evil person, uh, decided to take the lives of at least six individuals and harm several others, including a small child. Uh, That person was actually on the run, this guy, for a little while. Uh, before eventually being arrested. There is viral footage of the arrest uh, in which he did surrender on his own, uh, get out of the car and allow himself to get arrested. Uh, Some of the stuff that's come up now in this conversation disappoints me. And the only reason I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to do this relatively quickly and move on to other things, is because these aren't the conversations we need to be having today. One day after someone in the country chose to take lives at a parade celebrating the freedom that exists in our country. Uh, That is uniquely disgusting. Not that any of these other ones aren't also disgusting in several ways. Of course, Uvalde, another one that immediately comes to mind. Uh, But when the conversation transitions to who does this person politically support? Who is this guy a fan of in the world of politics? We're we're just broken. And I I mean this, I guess, as nicely as I can to all of us, uh, or at least those that got obsessed with, is this a Trump supporter? Is this a Biden supporter? Who is it? Who do we blame for this? You blame the shooter. I'm sorry to yell. You blame the human being who is evil enough, uh, awful enough, had whatever life they've had or, or whoever failed them, if parents failed them or whatnot. I think there's it's safe to assume that many probably did. Uh, not that that's an excuse either. That doesn't play a part in the guilt that this person, uh, this this uh, guy should have uh, for our society. We should blame that guy, not the gun, uh, not the politics and the rhetoric, not any of that other stuff. Uh, Because every single person in our society isn't going um, uh, crazy or or acting evil in this manner and taking life like this. Uh, We need to go ahead and indict the individual and and make sure that that's the totality of the conversation, at least for 24 to 48 hours, so people stop doing this. It's not to protect a side. Anyone who heard me say that just now is like, oh, he's trying to protect this guy uh, or protect the politician because it's a Trump supporter. Uh, or at least that's the belief. Uh, but actually, I'll say this. Uh, people who knew this individual, this person from uh, Illinois, um, said that he didn't have a political opinion really at all. There is a picture of him with a Trump flag wrapped around him on one of his social media accounts. But the actual uh, title or the uh, words written in there is spam, uh, which probably means he's not much of a fan. Uh, he also seemed to go to at least a, a uh, parade or something involving the former president. Uh, but in that, he dressed up as as Waldo? Where's Waldo? It seems like the person was just, uh, well, one evil, but also just mentally um, not there. I don't know how better to say it. Uh, Also, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, not that I'm trying to shift sides and be like, see, the other side's to blame. Apparently on that same social media account were links to things that Biden said and not like in an attacking manner, not to insult Biden. But we shouldn't care about the politics of evil people 
We shouldn't be so separated on those issues that they need to be the way that we filter tragedy and horrific action. We need to filter it by holding those uh, responsible, accountable, uh, and doing just that. Uh, actually, in light of that, just real quick, too, uh, I am still in Illinois, and we had a uh, July 4th holiday of our own last night uh, that I got to be a big part of, got to do a live show uh, from the event here uh, in our area. And there was debate uh, behind closed doors about whether or not we wanted to cancel that. And I'm glad that the um, opinion prevailed that we should not cancel it, uh, because I think that on July 4th specifically, a day when we fought for independence, uh, demonstrating that we don't back down as a society, that we don't shut our society down uh, when someone threatens us or threatens a community or harms a community is exactly what the point of the 4th of July is. Uh, the city of Orlando had to apologize uh, in a statement on Saturday that they put out for a promotion for their firework display that happened on the holiday, uh, saying that they regret um, in that promotion mentioning that people probably didn't want to celebrate the United States and they can't blame them. I think that that was more in reaction to what's going on with the Supreme Court and the way that people are talking about that. But what a disgusting version of, do you know how many founding fathers would just be, would just be spitting on so many of the things they're seeing right now? Irrelevant of the arguments and conversations we're having. Uh, this stuff is uniquely un-American in a way that I guess we need to also attack. Uh, we need to also discuss. All right, I want to move on to something else because that might have been controversial to some. So let's go ahead and get into a world where we're not doing that at all uh, just after a holiday. Uh, there is a law in New Zealand. Uh, I know this is not where you thought we were going next, but darn it, I want to go here. There's a law in New Zealand that's getting fought about. Uh, and I, I keep talking about this because I think we need to use these as moments of perspective. I know right now in our country, we're debating a lot of things. Uh, some of them very serious things, some of them probably less serious things in the world of law, in the world of decisions being made. Uh, of course, Roe v. Wade is one of the ones that comes to mind. But there's a lot out there that trigger people. There was an EPA ruling that seemed to make a lot of people upset, which was surprising to me. Uh, there were other rulings that happened somewhere. The Supreme Court even cited uh, with the Biden administration that seemed to not really get a lot of mention at all. But I just want to show you how the challenge is tougher other places in a different way. Uh, the law in New Zealand allows you to go to the restroom in public if you can prove that you didn't think anybody was around. It's a tree falls in a forest version of law that I think is hilarious. If you can prove that nobody is within eyesight of you or you expected that no one could have watched what you were doing, free reign to do that stuff without a toilet. Uh, why I think that's so funny is because now they're trying to condense this right. They're trying to pull it back. Uh, it is a forgiveness of a $200 fine, uh, but some are saying that it's being used too often. So they need they need to rein it in. And I just started to picture like the protests on both sides of that conversation. I just wish that that would happen because I know the, the public restroom people are not going to be out in force. A lot of them are not going to be out uh, being the, the face of that cause, standing on some platform somewhere, being like, they can't take this away from us, guys. We need the right to this. But I think it'd be hilarious. And I encourage them to go ahead and do it. Who's ever on the side of, of let's not uh, remove this. Let's not condense this more. The politicians are getting it wrong because uh, this is the kind of stuff uh, that just happens all over the world. Uh, silly in this case or serious in other cases uh, where we all get up in arms and I don't know how much good it does. Um, you have every right to protest. And as I said, I encourage the New Zealand people to go out and protest hard uh, if they want that right to remain. Uh, but I just I just wonder uh, and I wonder that often, uh, especially now, if I shift to just the serious stuff I was talking about a second ago, the um, abortion rights or whatever it is um, uh, that people are protesting currently. I don't mean whatever it is to be dismissive. 
I see a lot of protests in states that didn't change laws. The Supreme Court allowed states to make decisions. I see viral video of protests, huge, giant protests in states where they have every right they had the day before. And that also kind of confuses me. Uh, and I, I guess I, they're protesting in principle, something that occurred in our society. But then all the interviews, too, talk about how something was banned that wasn't banned. So it confuses me even more. They have the right. They have access to the thing. They're upset that they might not have access to. And then beyond that, uh, they're also mad at something that didn't occur. I don't even know how you make that argument. It'd be kind of like arguing against the people in New Zealand uh, who want their right to go to the restroom outdoors. Uh, I don't know how you make the, the counter argument, but I know it's probably pretty, pretty aligned with, can you find a bathroom, please? That makes more sense to us. Um, all right. Other things I saw out there in the news, other things I thought were interesting. This was just a quick one uh, in reference to the holiday yesterday. There was a viral recipe for an air fryer cheeseburger uh, and someone saying that that was a way better way to feed your family over the holiday. I, I'm going to break bad on this one. I'm not saying that the air fryer cheeseburger is not good. It looks like it's good. It's uh, three burger buns, a bunch of ground beef all thrown in the air fryer together. Uh, you then top it with soy sauce for some reason. That confuses me. And then all the regular stuff. Uh, it sounds like a, a burger and an air fryer is a delicious thing. I have one, but you got to grill. On 4th of July, on holidays like that, summer, you cannot air fry instead. You got to grill. I, I've almost uh, broke bad against the people uh, who do the wrong thing on Thanksgiving. Uh, and I've said the wrong thing time and again is, is stuff that is very popular now. Uh, but I think you just got to cook a bird in the oven. Uh, that's my take. I don't think you deep fry one. Uh, and I, yeah, I have had one. For anybody that comes at me with that hot take and tell me I'm wrong, I've had a deep fried turkey. It is delicious. Uh, just, it's something about it seems wrong, though. And so I would say this in response to the viral air fried cheeseburger recipe and suggestion for the holiday. Don't do it. Get a grill, a charcoal grill, a little tiny one, if that's all you want to get. Just get a little tiny $20 one from whatever uh, value store is in your area. Throw a little charcoal in that. Figure out how to light it on fire if you don't know. Or just throw a bunch of uh, lighter fluid in there to make it easy. And do America right. Do that holiday proud. And have the air fryer some other day. Uh, but don't don't and don't try to serve a whole party of people, because uh, I was thinking that, too. If you're air frying a burger at a time, that's going to be an annoying family party if you got a lot of people over. So once again, not breaking bad against having it. I don't know why I'm explaining that, but definitely breaking bad against air fryer replacing the grill uh, for major holidays and major get togethers. All right. On that note, however hot of a take that was, I am definitely in a mood today, people. Uh, quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. Luckily, he's back tomorrow. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. Uh, my name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back tomorrow. Uh, there's a viral story out there about a group of protesters in D.C. Uh, that sat on a Maryland highway and shut down traffic for a while. Here's what I think is funny about this story, because I do think this story is uniquely hilarious. Uh, the protesters were protesting climate change. If they believe in all the things that cause climate change, as a lot of people do, uh, sitting down on the highway and causing cars to idle, backing up traffic for hours, uniquely harmed their cause. Uh, I don't know that they got the word out as much as they wanted, 
14 people got arrested, uh, but they also caused a lot of pollution. They caused a lot of climate change. So I think they need to be kicked out of the climate change uh, uh, protesting group uh, because they've now unfortunately prevented uh, the thing they're trying to trying to sell. I love it. That I that my favorite part. I feel like that group of individuals, uh, the people that went and did this, like somebody in the group probably should have said it. Like, yeah, we stand for this thing. We care about it a lot. Are we are we kind of causing it today? And did everybody else just tell that person to shut up? Or did they did they do it some other way? Uh, sometimes I think a lot of the protests uh, we do in our society, I guess I'll say this, a lot of the ones I see on social media, the person who's overly passionate about whatever the issue might be, I think some of those people, this is not a shocking take, I think this is a very basic take now, I think they just want attention. And I would accuse anybody who's very strong up in the world of climate change and believes we're at the time of a national climate emergency, uh, which are some of the things the protesters said, I'd believe all of them that are more performance than real in their fight against that cause if they're willing to shut down traffic and a lot of a lot of gas-powered vehicles uh, for several uh, hours, I guess, or a certain amount of time, uh, a little while, uh, while they're getting arrested for the thing they're fighting against. You can go other places, man. You can disrupt foot traffic. You can disrupt bike traffic. You can disrupt anything you want. Uh, disrupting vehicles, uh, as I said, just one more time, uniquely bad. All right, I want to move on, at least to them. Uh, Elon Omar uh, was booed at a concert in her hometown, uh, a concert for um, uh, things that I guess the people who organized it thought she'd be uh, celebrated for. It was a Somali singer that came out to do a Somali week singing thing. I'm just laughing because I, I didn't know there was a Somali week. Um, anyway, uh, this happened in the her home district in Minneapolis over the weekend. Uh, maybe this is why people were rejecting the $10,000 uh, they were being offered to to give up a flight, to be bumped from a flight uh, to Minneapolis. Uh, but as Ilhan walked out, and I can't play the audio, because even though there's a bunch of people that are just booing her and shouting, get out, there's a lot of people saying other very choice words at her. Uh, but a lot of uh, individuals at that concert did not like uh, the person there, uh, did not seem to be supporters of the representative. So I wonder if moving forward, you just don't book. You know, I, the, I guess the only other way I would say this, the thing I thought was interesting about some other music things that went viral is a lot of singers have been throwing out their political opinions in the last couple of weeks, sometimes to praise in some scenarios, the singer says the thing it's on a certain side of whatever conversation we're having and the crowd is into it. And then other times like massive amounts of people are walking out. Uh, there are several examples of that. Actually Halsey, uh, a singer dealt with that where a bunch of people walked out of a concert as she started to provide some political opinion. It is weird to see politicians, uh, be embraced. And I don't mean the booing thing. I mean, even just booking her to come to a, a singing thing, a, a musical thing. Why don't we have that be escape still? Uh, if you're on the side or out of the side of the political aisle, I don't know why that doesn't still get to be an escape moment where you don't even have to think about it at all. And the only people talking to you outside of maybe, um, I don't know, a mayor or someone uh, is just people that are not affiliated with politics whatsoever. Why do we make uh, the politicians that we side with feel as though they're not politicians anymore? Why do they feel like they could just be a normal part of everyday culture uh, when they probably should stick to the things they're talking about and not invade the moments where we get to be away from that stuff? All right. I want to say this. This is a totally different thing. It did go viral, though. Uh, there is now uh, a world's most spoiled toddler. This is a real story. Uh, this baby has a $1,200 pacifier an $1,100 encrusted bracelet on their wrist. Uh, at one year old, 
Uh, the bundle of bling, whose name is Jareem, uh, is, obsessed, is obsessed with pampered, uh, being pampered by every single thing that his unemployed mom, Casey, uh, can po- possibly get for him. Uh, and she's gotten him a lot of, like, really crazy stuff. Um, I know that he's probably, too, like, one-year-old. You're probably too young to really appreciate any of this stuff going on and the expense of it. But if you keep doing this, if you keep providing a very small child uh, with $1,000 items uh, to rock, they have a daper, uh, a diaper like thing, a diaper box of some kind. Uh, that's got like a $900 uh, Versace chain on it. It's just wrong. This is just wrong. Um, it honestly makes me think of when like people spend a lot of money on something for their dog. And I like my dog. I have a puppy. Uh, my dog doesn't know the difference between the dollar store and the exp- expensive stuff. So why would I do the expensive stuff? The toddler doesn't know the difference. At some point, as this kid gets older, he's going to know the difference. And then he's not going to be the most fun person to be around a lot of time. He's going to be someone who got spoiled a tad too early in life. Uh, but good luck to them. That's It seems fine. I, I don't begrudge how people spend their money. I just do think that there's probably some ma- mistakes that you're setting up there uh, for the rest of that kid's life. Uh, one last one. This is one I liked a lot uh, just for like random stuff out there in the world. A guy wanted to land a job as a security um uh, employee for Disney World in Florida. So he tried to steal, and I maybe actually successfully stole uh, a $10,000 R2-D2 replica at Disney World. Uh, he tried to do that to show, like, you guys need me to prevent me from taking stuff. Uh, that's the version of things they have in, like, Google, where you break a, a computer code and then you get hired to be a coder uh, if you can hack them. I like that he just took it into the real world. He's like, I don't have skills on the internet uh, that'll help me get one of those fancy tech jobs. Why don't I just go take this R2-D2 and then I'm going to get myself a security gig. Uh, He failed, by the way. Uh, The cops came for him. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, You know what I found interesting for a little while? Uh, That Joe Rogan is someone who is very much celebrated on certain sides of political aisles for some of the stuff he does in his show. Uh, I think that's interesting because Joe Rogan is not necessarily political. And if he is political, it's not necessarily on the side uh, that seems to like him as much as he is liked. Um, but it, it demonstrates to me, and The View hates him. Uh, the members of The View, when they talk about Joe Rogan, they talk about him the same way they talk about the former president, someone they also hate, which is as uh, interesting uh, to me. Uh, but recently in an interview, I think, where Joe popped up in somebody else's show, uh, he said that he's turned down multiple requests from former President Donald Trump to appear in his podcast. Uh, the former president has reached out. His team has reached out. They've offered uh, Trump to Rogan. And Rogan has said no multiple times. And when asked why, he said no to an interview that probably do very well uh, for a guy that's already doing very well on his own. He said he doesn't want to help him. He said he does not want to help um, uh, that specific politician, uh, which I find, again, interesting. Because when Joe Rogan's out there talking about coronavirus, when he's out there talking about any of the other stuff 
uh, the shutdowns or how this is inappropriate, a, a trampling on freedom sort of thing. You hear a lot of the sentiment uh, that exists in political spaces on a certain side of the aisle. And I think a lot of people then just celebrate the individual and say, yes, this is a guy. He's a champion of our cause. Uh, but then Joe shows that he has a different opinion on other things. And he's at a point in his career uh, with what he's doing where I don't think he cares at all uh, if people uh, think he's on the right or wrong side of any kind of issue. I don't know what the fallout will be to this, uh, but I've always been amused uh, when some people that I sit down and talk to hate him uh, because they think that he's politically very far to a side they're not or vice versa. They love him because they think he's politically on the same side of them. Uh, the answer is probably no to all the above across the board. Uh, that individual has opinions that are on both sides. All right. I want to uh, shift gears to some other things out there. Uh, that I'm trying to make this a fairly light show if we can. I know there's a lot of serious news out there. I know we'll talk about some of the more the bigger topics uh, throughout. And luckily, Chad Benson back tomorrow. Better broadcaster will handle all the topics, I'm sure, in a, a more um, a valuable way than me. But just a couple quick things that I saw out there. I saw two uh, models uh, having different uh, viral moments. And I'm not sure that I'd call both of these complaints, uh, but both of these leaned into the same world of like, I'm too attractive and the world doesn't get it. <laughs> and I, I don't know that they mean for it to be that. It is, it is what it is. Here's the first one. I know you're going to agree with me on this one. Uh, this woman is a model, a TikTok influencer, not surprising. Her name is Rami uh, Weller. Uh, she is upset that she's single and upset that she gets asked all the time on the social media app why she's single because she has, quote, triple D uh, top shelf. She has triple D boobs. I didn't say it one time. Uh, that's what she has, and she, she doesn't get it because everybody who sees her in social media is like, you got to be in a relationship where you got to be in a relationship right now. And apparently she thinks that that aspect of her body is the reason she's saying it's too intimidating. It's, uh, it's something that she showcases often, uh, the triple Ds. Uh, but it's not something that I guess is getting her a lot of success in the, in the dating world. I found that interesting. And I'm sure that people could call that a clickbait story. And sometimes I do clickbait confessionals when I fill in on the Chad Benson show, uh, where I admit that I clicked on a story I didn't need information on. And this is probably one of those moments. Uh, but I just, I love, I'm seeing more and more of this, uh, not always with this specific uh, reason, of a very attractive person on social media complaining that no one's dating them and saying the reason why is that they're very attractive. Uh, this person being more specific about what she thinks the draw is. And here's the other one, the one I liked uh, as well. Uh, this girl, probably not in the same vein as the first story. Uh, she's a young person. She's 18. Uh, her name is Francesca. I think I got that right. Uh, Fran, not Cheska. I think it's Francesca. Uh, but she is uh, someone who's worked for her dad's construction um, company for her whole life, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. And now she's a bricklayer. Uh, but on the side, she's an Instagram social media influencer and a model uh, who is a, a very attractive, very young person. Uh, and so no one ever believes her when she says that her day job is that she's a bricklayer. Uh, but I love that. And she said she wouldn't have it any other way. She likes the uh, getting her hands dirty kind of version of of day-to-day -day, uh, doing things. And then she goes to, I guess, uh, work a little bit on her professional modeling career uh, that's getting started. And I, I will say this, at 18, she probably doesn't know if she's going to be a, a bricklayer or construction worker for pop uh, for the rest of her life. But I think the answer is going to be a no there. I think at some point, the uh, harder work is going to take a backseat uh, to people asking to pay you money uh, to model things. Uh, but we'll see. It's just something that she said that she's uh, definitely uh, proud of and definitely enjoys or at least is um, amused by 
uh, when people don't believe her when she says that's her job. I don't know how that makes all the other bricklayers feel. If uh, if people don't believe that one attractive person can be in the profession, what's that saying about the rest of the team? I'm sure they're much better looking than they're being given uh, their their respect right now. I just like that story a lot. So there's what that is. All right, I want to do this too. Uh, Chick-fil-A has uh, been voted once again the favorite restaurant in the country. Uh, this is the eighth year in a row. Uh, the Chick-fil-A is the number one spot for most people. Uh, on this list, uh, a couple other uh, places that I go, uh, I guess, more often than Chick-fil-A, uh, not Domino's, but Domino's and KFC coming right in under Chick-fil-A, uh, which is surprising to me uh, because Domino's for a while used to be awful, awful pizza. Uh, and I know they changed their recipe. I know they try to make it better. If they're a sponsor of this show, then they're amazing. Uh, they're incredible. Uh, but for a while, they were not a very well-liked company. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Chipotle, Panera, Pizza Hut, and Starbucks all ranked very highly, too. Uh, and then eventually, as you're ticking down this list, you find good old Taco Bell uh, and the 72% uh, of people saying that they like it. Um, I love the Taco Bell. Uh, I don't know if I should, and I don't know if that's uh, a good place to be the, the place of choice for me. If they're a sponsor, they are amazing as well, and I'm totally fine saying that multiple times. Uh, but I get why maybe people drop them down the list a little bit, why the Chick-fil-A's, uh, the places that offer the great customer service, um, do better than some of the places who might not focus on that as much. I'm not accusing all Taco Bell locations, just a specific one very close to me uh, that I still go to all the time. Uh, they don't seem to uh, be intent on being all that respectful, but they give me the tacos and the tacos are very inexpensive and I enjoy them. So really, who's harmed? I, I don't think anybody is, but I just love it. I just love that as you go down further and further on the list, uh, you find some of those companies that maybe you also in, uh, consume later at night after having an evening out. Uh, maybe that's why they're not doing as well as the ones on the top. Um, all right. I also saw this story uh, shifting gears in the world of Hollywood for a minute. James Cameron was talking about how people need to stop being upset that movies are too long. I love this. Uh, actually, he was uh, doing an interview and someone asked him why he hears that criticism, why people say uh, on some of the stuff he's put out that it should have been shorter. Uh, if people are willing to sit down and binge watch eight hours of television in a row, why aren't they willing to sit for his three-hour-plus movies? Uh, what's the problem? Uh, essentially, he said, shut up. I mean, he didn't use those words, but that's basically what he said. Uh, and I think he's right about that. Um, the one thing I think is different, though, and this is just a, a dumb take in the world of this topic because, well, I wanted to talk about it, is like the movie theater traps you, right? Like you can pause the TV. So you can do an eight-hour binge, but you're going to hit the restroom a few times and you're not going to miss a moment. Uh, if we could change the movie theater to be a pausable moment, uh, which I think would be hilarious if everybody had access to pausing it and we all had to agree to keep turning it on. I mean, it'd be relentless. They they have to go back to uh, maybe having the intermission for this kind of stuff so everybody doesn't miss something. But I think that's why they do it, James, is that people in their own home can still hit the hit the restroom. But most people who don't want to miss any of your movie, and I don't know how many people that is, they don't want to miss just a couple minutes. Because, uh, by the way, this too... Whenever you do walk out of a movie, if you're with somebody, uh, I'm, I'm usually with my wife when I go to this stuff, uh, and you say, like, tell me what happens, you never know what happens. That's never something anybody can accomplish inside the movie theater when you get back from the toilet. No one has ever recapped something for me in a valuable way. I have no idea what's going on uh, when I get back to the Elvis movie and, and uh, Tom Hanks is there. I just, I don't know what's happening now, and it's fine. That's okay. Now, one last thing. I, I know I just said this a second ago, but this is really, and then we'll take a break. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say, and it's just a thought I had, it's it's a tangent, it's something else out there because I'm having one of those days and for some reason I'm on the radio doing it. 
Uh, I was at a fireworks show last night uh, that I was very happy to be a part of. And at the very end, when they were doing the the um, the finale, uh, the big finish, I kept thinking to myself, why isn't the whole fireworks show this? Like, that's always better, right? Everybody out there can agree, anyone listening, that the best part of the fireworks show is when they ramp everything up at the end and things just go nuts. And like, yeah, a few fireworks shooting up and exploding is an enjoyable thing. But when it feels like you just did something uh, that could have actually had an impact around you if you had been any closer to it, like there's something amazing about that. So I think we should have an oops all finale, like oops all berries. I don't know why I just referenced the cereal in this conversation, but I think we should do that. And I think it'd be incredible. Like the fireworks show could be a minute and a half and they could shoot off uh, however many hundreds of thousands or at least thousands of fireworks, depending on where you're at. And they just do it rapid fire. And you're just seeing things go all over the place. And maybe that's my Twitter brain taking over. Maybe that's the me wanting, thing in sh- wanting things in short little spurts. The opposite of the James Cameron movie in the world of the fireworks show. But just one time, one community, if you do it, I think you're going to get rave reviews. I think people are going to be a little annoyed. They drove all the way down to a place. They set up the, the foldable chairs. They maybe brought along some sort of snacks. They had several different things to say to family members. And then all of a sudden, all the fireworks are done in two minutes. They might have a bit of a complaint. But if they really think about it, if you really sit back and realize what happened there, it's way better than the stuff we go to now, especially if you've been to a lot of fireworks shows. There is a point where it loses just a bit of its luster outside of the finale. It's always the best part. So that's my hot take of the day. The hottest take I'm going with. Uh, go ahead and send something to Chad Benson show on Twitter or the Craig Collins show on Facebook. If you want to tell me why I'm utterly and horribly wrong or tell me why I'm right. And then hopefully we get one small community to do an oops, all finale show and it'll be the talk of the town and everybody will start doing it Uh quick break. A lot more Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. Having a heck of a day. States? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm sure you saw the survey by now. Well, two different surveys. I think we'll talk about two. Uh, the first one, a lot of Americans on both sides of the political aisle do not trust politicians. A lot of Americans think that politicians are corrupt. They think the world of politics is corrupt. Uh, And this is something that's been a growing sentiment with a lot of Americans. I wonder, and some people say this, I think, on a certain side of political aisles uh, and certain sides of uh, supporters, uh, like that other sides are waking up, that you're seeing finally a lot more people understand the thing that some of us have been saying for a while. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is an issue. And I wonder if it's actually been the only success accidental as much as as anything can be of the Biden administration and the way in which they've lied about things. Uh, Because it's not just that they've done a tremendously bad job on a on a wide range of issues. So many, in fact, and I'll keep saying this on the show or on uh, the shows that I'm on. And when I fill in here for chat on this show uh, is that um, the Democrats don't want this guy to run again. He's in office right now. He's not even really been in office for all that long. He's still got quite a bit of time to go. And most people on his side of the aisle like, yeah, we're not sure. He's running. And even more than that, people running in midterm elections don't really want him campaigning for them. A sitting active president with less than two years in office is already being distanced. And that says a lot about the inept uh, decision making. But it also says a lot, in my opinion, 
about the way in which so many things have just been utterly mishandled after they've been mishandled, uh, the way in which the media message has to change a few times, has to get corrected, or just has to, I guess, totally seem disconnected with any form of reality, uh, and people are going after it, uh, maybe more now so than ever. Maybe it's easier to see the hypocrisy uh, when so many on that side, on the left side of the aisle, got so mad at former President Trump, sometimes for just, like, saying things. I don't know that he intentionally, like, said lies and wrong things, uh, but when our former president was standing in front of the, the country uh, talking about COVID at times, and he was attacked for the things he said, some of it was uh, more, I think, his actual thought and opinion and giving us information uh, about what he was hearing behind uh, closed doors in the way he comprehended it at the time. That's not the same as the the active version of lying uh, that he was accused of at other times. And of course, this current president is accused of too. Uh, it's just interesting to me that maybe that final breakthrough is happening and everybody's like, wait a minute, none of them actually care about us at all. There's not a good guy and a bad guy here. There's a lot of bad guys and maybe an occasional good guy. All right, I want to move on to this. Uh, I, I thought it was an interesting ranking. Uh, this is the top selling beers in America. Uh, and you tell me if you think this is the appropriate ranking for these items. Uh, they are ranked um, Stella 60 out of 100 uh, for the average score, um, I think, for for the amount of uh, people who like it and the the well how well it does in the world of sales. Corona at a 45, uh, Coors Light at a 35, Heineken at a 15, uh, Budweiser at a 15, uh, Miller Light at a 10, uh, and then Bud Light has gotten eight. These rankings are not very good when you're getting down to that level. Uh, by comparison, for uh, the sake of demonstrating the numbers and what they mean, Natty Light has a negative 27 rating as far as one of the uh, worst beers uh, as far as taste itself goes, but certainly one of the best-selling. Uh, Stella, the best-performing of the also highest-selling beers. I wonder what this says or what this means, uh, although I will also say that I like bad beer. Uh, I'm not a guy that needs something super fancy. Uh, I know I'm a millennial. I know you probably assume that the only thing I drink is White Claw and or craft beer, but I very much enjoy Natty Light specifically, uh, which on this list got a negative 27 uh, for a team of writers who rated it. Like, that's that's just offensive. I kind of feel like the way they did that is the way you feel about the uh, bad kids team playing the good kids team in a sport. Because uh, when you watch the bad team play, we don't feel great about it. Uh, it's not a moment where you're, you're happy the kid's out there, especially you've got a kid on the team. You're happy they're getting to play. But if they're getting absolutely demolished by the team that has two kids that might one day actually play this thing professionally, you don't, you don't feel good. And I don't know if these writers felt good about the negative 27 they threw down a natty light, but I would, I would feel very disappointed at, at how it's not a good tasting beer, I'll be honest, but I like it. I enjoy it. And the other ones on the list uh, that are all bad, the Bud Light, the Miller Light, the Budweiser, uh, these things are classics. These things are available everywhere you go at every party you're at. You got to pick them up. You just got to consume them. Maybe there's a rule we don't know about. Like maybe there's some sort of thing we agreed to and we just don't know how to get out of it uh, to switch to beers that are, that are quote unquote better. Uh, but I don't know that if uh, I don't know if I'd want to, because I think that anything that tastes genuinely like good to the people who judge it uh, also can't be had a few times while out at a cookout. You probably want one or two, not three or four. And three or four is more fun uh, sometimes. Drink responsibly. I should say that more when I fill in. Uh, the professional drinkers, uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, everybody else needs to very much be careful uh, in this world. Uh, and actually, you know what? One other uh, drinking story, because I guess that's where we are right now before the uh, break we take in just a second. A brewery is trying to make a new hard seltzer, 
And I think they're actually making fun of young people who love uh, those hard seltzer drinks because they're trying to make it out of leftover hot dog water. Uh, this is a brewery in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, they're called the Martin House Brewing Company, and they're re-releasing a hard seltzer that has now been brewed from hot dog water. Uh, it's called Awesome Sauce Bun Length. That's the name of it. Uh, bun Length might be a reference to some sort of hairstyle. I know also the hot dog bun uh, being worn, I think, by the people who drink it. It's 5.2% uh, alcohol, uh, and actually it's just uh, 52 pounds of boiled leftover water they use to brew this stuff with. This has got to be um, seeing if people are really willing to drink anything uh, that is called a, a craft beer, because you should not be drinking this, in my opinion. Natty Ice has got to be better than this. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson this is the chad benson show my name is craig collins filling in chad is back tomorrow um hhs secretary javier becerra said uh, some interesting things uh, in an interview over the weekend uh, some things that i don't think a lot of us actually believe and feel uh, however darn it if his side of the aisle if some of those believe the things he's saying or think that it's somehow a good idea why don't we just go ahead and do this? Um, you have the Supreme Court overturn a decision in Roe versus Wade uh, that I do think has a lot of legalese components to it uh, that we as everyday people don't understand either time. Uh, the first time when Roe versus Wade is, is uh, put into effect, I think that there were a lot of very challenging, very gray area legal conversations that happened about rights and things that are um, not necessarily written down Anywhere verbatim, uh, unenumerated rights is the term for it. Uh, and then now when you overturn it, you have those same very legal arguments taking place and a whole lot of people blazing right past that to have a conversation about other things. Um, but here's Javier uh, saying that he thinks that taxpayer dollars should definitely go in uh, to abortion uh, issues, uh, which as should be demonstrated by states that are changing laws, a lot of Americans would not agree that their dollars I'll be used for this specific thing. You said something to my colleague Kate Snow that about transporting women to other states was something that maybe HHS would take the lead on uh, and help with officially. Have you looked into that and can you legally do it? We are exploring the opportunity to work with others to make sure that if a woman is trying to access that care that she needs, that we'll be supportive of that. Uh, there are a lot of partners, public and private, who are looking into this. We're one of those partners. You know what's really interesting about this? Because there's several different examples I could play to you of moments where politicians are getting in front of cameras and saying that they're on the side of, of uh, pro-choice, that they believe in women's rights. And then in doing that, they also say, and we believe in taking federal money uh, federal land or or helping to transfer, I guess, in that case right there. Uh, and they seem to think as though most Americans would be like, oh, that's cool. 
Uh, go ahead and use my money for any of those things that you're talking about. And I think it's way more complicated uh, than that. I think that there's a lot more issues at play as to whether, because this is the best way I can say it. And this is not a thing I'm talking about a bunch today. If in your life you've ever known anybody who's made a decision uh, to do something like that, to have an abortion, one, I don't think they likely did it very lightly. Uh, and two, I don't think it's something that even if you uh, disagreed with them uh, or agreed with them on that you were probably like helping pay and give money over to it unless you're connected directly to it. Why I'm saying that, the reason I'm throwing that out there as part of the the take on this is because the government is now saying they'd force us, all of us, no matter what side you are in any of those issues, no matter what your own independent personal religion might be. Uh, and I know that they're saying keep religion out of the lawmaking. I think they did, by the way. I do think religion is not represented in the lawmaking itself. Uh, but no matter what your feelings are on it, to say that federal funding would be a part of of this moving forward in a uniquely different way. I know that federal funding already existed uh, in a lot of that. Anyone that's screaming that at the radio. Uh, but this would be different. This would be subverting the, the decision-making of a state, uh, subverting the decision-making of the Supreme Court, and still using taxpayer dollars to try to get that done. So it's it's two different things that more and more people seem to be vocalizing that there's there's multiple opinions. There's there's differing conversations that exist here. Uh, that's all I'm saying about that. And then we'll move on to our president uh, being an idiot because uh, that's an easy thing. This is an easy topic all the time. You know what this feels like right now before I play this audio? Uh, whenever we do one of these, whenever you play anything where he's done something that either is publicly or privately humiliating uh, for the person that's in the position he's in. Uh, it's just, it's honestly, to me, it's just like having a, a sip of uh, some sort of like uh, regular easy beverage, say a, a soda on a holiday a party of some kind. Like this is simple. This, there's so many opportunities. There's so many uh, ways in which we can find audio of this at this point that it's just, I don't know, it's too easy is I guess what I'm trying to say in the world of what we do. Uh, but here's uh, the first lady telling the president that he has to say, God bless America on the 4th of July, because he, he whiffed on that. He forgot about that part of the whole uh, things you say uh, to the country on a day in which we, I guess, celebrate our independence. God bless America feels like a valuable one, uh, but he was going to try to go ahead and skip it over. Thanks. God bless America. Okay, and... God bless America. Thank you. And God protect our troops. Thank you. You know what my favorite part is? And, and that's something I let you actually hear for yourself is when he didn't understand what she said twice, he just let her say it. Uh, I mean, is he actually in charge of, of anything? Is this guy, is he someone that decides where he goes, say, for dinner ever? I don't think he is, and I'm not trying to say that that's all. That that's the only version of this that, that makes sense. Uh, the missus seems like she uh, certainly would have some strong opinions on stuff. Um, but other people, other people out there that work with this guy just trample all over him, and it's because of... This behavior, it's because of this inability to do something this simple and also not understand the way. And also, can I just ask this, actually? This is the last part. This is not the first time the First Lady's been caught with the whisper move, uh, which I think probably happens a lot, depending on the amount of time you've been with someone. Your significant other will, will whisper, my wife does it all the time, like things that I'm supposed to be doing or that I'm messing. Uh, this is just a thing. But when they're on these stages, when these microphones are on and we catch it and he's the president... It's embarrassing. Should she stop doing it? Should she just let the mistake live? Or should the missus keep correcting uh, her husband and trying to get him to do things to do things better? I think the answer is no. Let's hear it one more time. Thanks. God bless America. 
Okay. And, and uh, what? God bless America. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. And God Thank protect you. our troops. Yeah. You got to throw in a last line there, bud. You are the one in charge. Uh, so that is important for you to be the last one on the microphone. <laughs> I love it so much. And then it got it. What? Huh? Did you say to me? Oh, God bless. You got it. You got that. And God bless the troops and Fourth of July. And someone uh, please tell me where I'm going because I don't know. All right. One other thing I want to play. Uh, this is definitely a unknown politician. I don't think a lot of people are going to have this name, uh, but it is fine. He's a Wisconsin Democrat that's running for Senate. He's a Senate uh, a Democrat there. Uh, his name is Mandela Barnes. Uh, he talked about, and this is just the other day, so this is right before, I think, uh, the July 4th holiday. Uh, he talked about our country, the founding of our country, and the way in which he discussed it, uh, and the way in which I think a lot of people uh, talk about our country now, like all the people that hate July 4th. Uh, anybody, if you uh, saw social media posts, if you went somewhere in public and maybe there was someone there uh, saying something or, or doing something or they had like a sign or they wrote something on their shirt saying how horrible this holiday is and how horrible our country is. It's such an odd take to me uh, to have that on the 4th of July while at a fireworks show specifically to be like, yeah, I'm telling people. And it's also an odd take, in my opinion, if you're running to be a part of our political structure. Uh, because all the things that we did when we founded this country, when we created the United States of America, all the things that are uh, constantly praised and talked about in the world of the founding fathers have given you every opportunity to go after this government job that you want to pick up. And so to hate it, so to hate the, the way in which we were built, uh, it says a lot, I think, about even those who think of themselves as people that are part of the, the structure uh, now. But here we go. we got to this place in America that you were outlaw teaching, you know, and things were bad. Things were terrible. The, the founding of this nation, awful. Yeah, there you go. A really uplifting take from this guy right around the holiday season. The founding of our nation, awful. Everything's terrible. We're really not great uh, people. I, the take is so dumb. The take is so overused. It's. I feel like what it is, too, and it's, I don't know how old this guy is, this politician specifically, I feel like what it is is a way to just kind of uh, put yet another middle finger up to, to power, uh, which is something that I think young people uh, like to do. I, I know that a lot of people like to do it, uh, but in any way they can. They like to subvert expectations. 35, by the way, is the age of this guy. So he's a millennial. He's like me. I'm around the same age. Uh, everybody that I say had those kind of conversations with, uh, where they told me how, how truly atrocious our country is and how we should all be ashamed and I guess maybe move to some other country that didn't also do things somewhat similar to the things we did, because a lot of countries uh, did things similar uh, to the thing we did. So when you move, uh, you might not be in a place that you think is an oasis. But usually when I had those conversations with people and say it was in something like college, they were just throwing out what they thought was the deepest, hottest take they could possibly provide. They thought they were throwing out this amazingly incredible insight into how they're just ashamed of, of where they are and who they are in this life. And I think a lot of us just react when we hear that, like, oh, okay, then uh, the, the door is open. There's a lot of places to go. There's a lot of planes to get on. You can go other locations. Although Arm our, uh, Armageddon, excuse me, is a thing right now. So a lot of flights are getting canceled. You better double book. Uh, but you don't have to stay. You don't have to enjoy all the privileges, all the rights, all the freedoms that exist within this country. You don't have to show up at the fireworks show and enjoy the show and then also tell everyone around you that you're really ashamed of uh, the country that you live in. I think that that is uniquely, I don't even think people really, uh, I'll say that, I should take a break, but I'll say this. I don't even think some of the people who say that really know what they mean. I think they know a, a certain small amount of what they mean. 
but I don't think they've given it more thought than that. They've they've come to a conclusion based on a couple um, historical things that they are very upset about, and then they've ignored everything else good that's transpired in the world of this country in order to say, I was just shamed. It's just all terrible. Uh, actually, I did see someone with a bumper sticker last night at a July 4th show that ha- that said something about how, um, you know, stolen land means that none of us are ever uh, really free. I don't want to uh, uh, say it exactly. Uh, one, because I'm not sure I remember it. But two, because I thought it was infinitely stupid. Uh, but it was something about how all of this country is stolen land and therefore uh, none of us have any rights anyway. And I was like, good take, a young person who's probably here to enjoy this show. Really great take. Thanks for the lesson. A quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in uh, the day after we celebrated our freedom and independence. And then some people got uh, mad at all kinds of things at social media because, darn it, that's the world we live in now. Uh, Scrabble has deleted a bunch of words. Uh, They've decided that 400 words are offensive and Scrabble players are revolting. Uh, This is not a fight I saw coming. I know that the word of Wordle or the world of Wordle uh, made this maybe a thing that could happen uh, where Scrabble could get worried that they're not woke enough and Wordle was getting overly woke since the New York Times took over. Uh, But I I just love this, uh, both sides of this. Uh, if it's a word, it's a word, man. Uh, and I know that they have competitive versions of Scrabble and they have certain kinds of rules they're going to throw out there. Uh, but I'll say that I'm going to always play OG Scrabble in my own home is that if you put a word up, it doesn't matter what the word is, by the way, if it's a legitimate one, if I can, uh, look it up and, or I know that it's a real word, I always get points. And I don't think we need to care as much about those uh, who say otherwise in our own houses. So that I guess this story is only really for people uh, that exist in the world of playing this competitively. Uh, but 400 terms that were considered either racial slurs, uh, sexuality and gender insults, uh, et cetera, et cetera, things that trigger the young, uh, specifically the young, have been removed. Uh, one of the uh, people said it's hard to find anyone in the Scrabble community in favor of this ban. I like that we checked uh, with everybody involved. Uh, we wanted to see how woke that uh, group of people was. Uh, that doesn't mean that we approve of any of the banned words, mind you, is what this person continued to say. Uh, this person being a player named Jonathan Maitland. Uh, he said, among them are some vile racial slurs. All right, so fine. I don't think if I had all the letters in front of me to put out a vile racial slur that I'd actually be willing to t- put that one up on the board to get the points for it. So some of those are fine. 400 uh, can't all uh, land in that same category, though. And playing them in a private word game is very different from playing them in some sort of public context. Uh, others, again, who've spoken it as well, said words and dictionaries and Scrabble lists are not slurs. Uh, so anything that's actually in a dictionary and anything that has uh, accounted for points before, I, I'm not finding a list of the words that were specifically banned. And I know that that's probably something that would thrill producer Phil right now, uh, because I don't know that we should be rolling the dice on if any of them are potentially uh, as bad as they're saying. But I can't imagine, again, all 400 are actually to the level that this this complaint is at. And so it's just another move, uh, another industry to try to get on a certain side of something uh, that most people also honestly don't have to care about because we don't all play Scrabble uh, rules uh, by any sort of professional standard or or tournament standard if we play at all. I can't actually tell you the last time I even played Scrabble. So I guess it's going to be even longer (laughs) for me to get going there. 
All right. Other news, other things I saw out there that I liked. Uh, there's just a lot of different stories about crazier experiences uh, as far as the holiday season goes. Uh, there are also a lot of experiences where like pets are involved in things out there. And I do, I do like some of these stories that I'm not sure that I can really um, uh, do as justice is just going to tell you to watch some videos of uh, the internet found a very funny uh, video of a cat that took a trip to the vet. Uh, and it reveals that it's secretly been eating its neighbor's food. Uh, and this, that's my favorite part of the whole thing. So this cat has been just growing larger and the family was un was uh, unaware of why. So they're bringing her to the vet and eventually the uh, the diagnosis is, oh yeah, no, this cat is definitely getting into some other food somewhere else. So then you do the, you do the, um, the video or you do the, uh, the investigation yourself and you just put it up on social media because that's how young people do it today. And then you go to Reddit and you actually talk about it uh, where eventually you find out that yes, uh, there's a lot of things uh, that this cat has been consuming. And actually, they even did an ultrasound and found that the belly was full of cat food uh, that the neighbor might have been feeding it. So the neighbor was fattening up the cat. This caused a lot of hilarity, I guess, in social media. A lot of people loved every part of this. I don't totally get it. I, I feel like, and I know this is a, a dumb topic to even talk about, uh, but this is my hot take in the world of cat and dog stories when I find them. Like, cats aren't, aren't, aren't as nice as dogs. Uh, and I know the cat people are going to go after me for saying this. But, like, if I was feeding somebody else's dog... That was coming over and being friendly and enjoyable. I feel like I get that. The world of the neighbor wanting to just feed your cat extra cat food, uh, to me, doesn't make as much sense. Uh, either they thought you weren't doing a good job or they just wanted to fatten the cat up for some reason. But I, I love it. And I love the fact that eventually you get the ultrasound, too, uh, just to see uh, what is going on and that that goes viral. Uh, and I wonder what kind of conversation you then have with the neighbor. How do you go about uh, getting that to stop, uh, telling them to stop feeding your pet? Uh, I'm not sure. I imagine you write some sort of letter and you put it on their car. Maybe that's some move you make. Uh, maybe there's another one. Uh, probably you have some sort of very passive-aggressive, strongly worded conversation with them uh, about it, and then they ignore you completely uh, because I think that that might be what happens too. And I don't know what you do about the cat to convince it to stop eating free food because it seems to think it's delicious. All right. Uh, one last thing, and this is just something I want to touch on real quick uh, before we take another break here. I wanted to throw good stories out. Uh, sometimes on some other radio things, I do good stories and bad stories together, but I'm in the mood for only good stories. Uh, there's a guy in Virginia who thinks that he can hack the lottery, and he's been winning a bunch of uh, uh, lotteries recently, uh, and he said that it's something that he found this, like, a viral, I guess, uh, old TV show, reality show, and he's hacked it a few times, uh, and he's got to play for three months, spend, I think, $25 a week, and the guy's already up uh, uh, $100,000 or 150000 and he's like, he's just going to keep going. So that's out there in the world. Someone telling you how to hack the lotto. Uh, I don't know if that's actually a good story, but it's one you might want to check out. Quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. I want to start here, though, uh, well, because I'm tremendously amused by this. Uh, apparently on social media, there's a new um, hashtag or set of hashtags. It's happening, y'all. 
uh, is what they are or it's happening, y'all, inflation. Uh, and this is hilarious uh, to me because this is how the young people will figure out that the stuff we're all talking about, the world of inflation is real. Uh, they're posting viral videos of uh, live moments where, say, grocery stores, I think in one place, this is a Costco, is changing the price of an item in real time. So as someone is switching the item's cost, someone else is holding up a, a cell phone camera and taping it and then putting it up on social media with the hashtag, it's happening, y'all, inflation. Uh, so then we know, okay, now it's real. I didn't know before. I wasn't sure if the Biden administration was really doing this thing. Uh, one of these ones that went viral, one of these videos, I was changing the cost of a cooked chicken, a baked chicken from two ninety nine to three ninety nine in real time. And the reactions are amazing. Uh, people being like, no way, a whole dollar, uh, which is terrible. That is a uniquely high uh, a rise in price. Uh, someone said when I thought when I heard about this, I thought it would only be like 50 cents. I wish that I heard more of that because I don't know where that person was was going. Like, I don't know what they were walking around their whole day thinking about it. And they're like, man, I've heard about this inflation thing, but I bet chicken prices only go up about 50 cents. <laughs> I don't know what kind of education they have in the world of the economy, but I'm, I'm sure it's it's very, very developed. Uh, another person saying a 33% increase is a price over a 9% increase in inflation. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to them. Uh, but yeah, it's happening, y'all. Inflation is the latest version of, of uh, social media helping to educate uh, more so than maybe uh, the places where they're supposed to be getting uh, the valuable information uh, in their lives. Um, and I might have been breaking bad on young people a lot today. I don't know if that's a thing I've been doing, uh, but it just seems like a lot of the stories out there are focused on this kind of stuff. So there we go. Uh, moving on, other things in the news, other things that I thought uh, at least deserve, and I know this is a serious uh, pivot, uh, but at least deserve uh, a bit of conversation today. Of course, the the um, horrible story at a Highland uh, Park in Chicago, near Chicago, uh, out of Illinois, I actually am, am located um, somewhat in the same area as that. And I've been to that uh, parade before, that 4th of July parade before. I've actually worked an event that happens after it before. Uh, so that, I guess, this one... Um, and more and more people, I think, are in that that boat all the time because we do have a lot of these in our country of, of being closer to uh, an event like that. And the only thing I, I'd say uh, as far as reaction other than the person is evil, the person is horrible, that's the focal point of the conversation for me and not changing the issue to something else, uh, talking about the damage done to a community, to families, uh, by a person who had hate in their heart and um, I guess trying to figure out the reasons why. Uh, but that is truly the valuable conversation. The other thing, and I know that this uh, is something that got debated a lot of places, is whether or not you just you just keep doing stuff, um, whether or not you have the 4th of July party or the 4th of July celebration that you were planning that evening. Of course, in Highland Park, they don't. Uh, but in other places, uh, a lot of places, hopefully they did, including my community, uh, because that's the right approach, I think, to standing against uh, those things, uh, having the impact that those evil people want them to have. Uh, that's the way I would articulate it. And then I will move on to something else. Uh, that shooter who did get arrested was on the run for a little while after uh, doing uh, uh, the attack, uh, actually climbing up on a building using a ladder and snipering, sniping down uh, to take six lives and wound several other individuals. Uh, that person wants their actions that day to have as large of an impact on, on our society as possible. And so when we, I'm not saying we don't talk about it, but when we do things to uh, whatever it might be, respond within communities to, to say as though it's not a time, especially to celebrate the July 4th holiday specifically, uh, I think we're getting it wrong. I think that we need to make sure 
uh, that we don't have the politician go on television on July 4th and say how terrible our country is. Uh, the politician should go on television and tell us how bad that individual was and what we're going to do uh, to stop individuals like that moving forward. Uh, and I guess save other conversations for some other time. It just doesn't. And I know that everybody says that that's a that's a purposeful move in the world of politics now uh, is that one person wants to pivot to gun control. The other person says that you're politicizing the issue. And then that first person who tried to do the first pivot accuses you of politicizing the issue uh, by calling their move politics. Uh, all of it's just a complicated mess and jumble of a fight between individuals that are both missing the issue every time they transition away from talking about the evil person who committed the evil act. Uh, other news just out there, totally shifting gears again to something definitely uh, way lighter. Um, I saw a couple things. I haven't watched the the TV show Stranger Things on Netflix since like its first season. I don't know why. I, I think it's a popular show. I think a lot of people like it. I saw the first season. I thought it was fine. Uh, it didn't rope me in enough to, to come back for, I think, the other three seasons that have been put out there. Uh, one of the actresses, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, little kid in the first season, is someone who I guess is fairly famous now. Uh, this is showing how much I've followed the career of this this individual. Uh, but I guess she's she's well-known enough now, successful enough in her own right, that she bit the hand that feeds. She kind of criticized the show. Now, granted, she did it in what apparently is a joking manner. Uh, but she said by season four, the thing she's most disappointed about uh, about Stranger Things is that it's written by two brothers who are, quote, sensitive sallies. Her words, for anybody that just got triggered, uh, they're sensitive sallies who don't kill off enough of the characters. Uh, we're four seasons deep. You go into the upside down, crazy stuff happens. That's all I remember from season one. And a lot of people are making it out alive every single time. That doesn't seem like uh, the the odds of, of that show uh, playing out in the crazy world they've, played, they've put themselves into. And so she thinks that it would have more drama if you saw more more, um, you know, uh, crazy moments, I guess, like some of those other shows that are successful that do that a lot. And uh, the response the writers had to her is that they will uh, consider her notes, I guess, more or less. I think that's most of what they said. I just think it's interesting not to necessarily uh, talk too much about the issue she's bringing up on the show because I don't watch it. I don't have any frame of reference as to how accurate that is. Uh, but when you get to a certain level of stardom, uh, whatever it might be in your own career, and you start to complain about the thing that like made you famous, there's a lot of actors and actresses or maybe musicians who do this kind of thing, who break bad on the first thing they were on or in because they don't think it's a true exp expression of who they are as an artist. And they're upset that like that's what people know them for. And it, it's the oddest thing every time it happens. And I'm sure that it seems like it was mostly a joke. So probably nobody's really all that mad. She's not going to get fired. Uh, she seems too important to the show uh, to get reprimanded at all for crapping on it. Uh, but it even happens in the world of sports. Like uh, an athlete gets traded. And then all of a sudden, uh, if they don't want to go out of the book of you should be nice to everybody because you might get traded back at some point, uh, you start crapping on people. You start crapping on uh, whoever the management team was or whatever it is that you think I caused the issue. And I, I just wonder what that is. And that's not new. I'm not just accusing a younger person of that. We've seen that a long time. Uh, there's got to be some circle around you, right? Uh, some circle of people that think you're great and it doesn't matter what made you famous. You were probably being uh, getting famous anyway, although that is not true. There's a lot of very talented people who never, ever become famous uh, all around this country, all around this world. Uh, so there's a certain amount of luck that goes into it, too. But those people all start telling you you're great. And then you're like, I am great. And then you do an interview with some person who's like, hey, did you know you're great? And you're like, I did. And then you stake that extra step. You're like, and by the way, all the other people, they're not great. Uh, they're, they're not as good as me. And I would like them to do better because I'm out here. I'm lifting the whole team. 
It actually feels like those old commercials uh, where that football player, uh, the fake one, uh, said that he was the only talented member of his team. I like. I think his name was Leon something. Uh, but that those commercials were amazing, and I feel like that's what happens. The Leon Budweiser commercials uh, is that these famous people start to drink their own Kool Aid too much, and like, why, why crapping it at all? I guess I'm probably talking about this for longer than anybody needed. But if you're a giant uh, fan of that show, then probably you were deep in the weeds on this already. So I just helped out. Uh, one more thing before I take a break, and this is just something that amazed me uh, that happened uh, over the July Fourth holiday as well. Uh, Joey Chestnut won yet again. Uh, he actually is uh, now a a uh, goat in the world. Of, not that he probably wasn't already in the world of competitive eating. Uh, Joey Chestnut has won the hot dog, Nathan's hot dog eating contest in New York, 15 out of the last 16 years in a row. But here's the thing that made it better. And actually, uh, before I even say this, I've talked about the boring sports and don't write mean things. By the way, this is not Chad. This is Greg Collins. I've talked about the boring sports and how we goose them, like golf. I, I like golf if Tiger Woods is in it at the end of the fourth day, uh, but usually there's a lot of downtime in that sport, and the way in which they anchor it, too, doesn't really help. So I've said things like, to goose it, why don't we have, like, a bees hole, where all of a sudden, right before you tee off, bees get released, and you got to tee off and get out of the way of the bees before they get to you. That, to me, would be interesting. If we don't like bees, we could do anything else. Like, uh, I, I would go full bull. That'd be hilarious, although I don't think anyone would sign up to participate in that. You have to put on like a red sweater. You got to tee off on the 15th hole with a bull standing 45 feet away and see what happens. That, to me, gooses the sport. You know, uh, people have mostly rejected those ideas for a variety of reasons, uh, but I think it'd be more fun. Uh, the world of the National Hot Dog Eating Contest or the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest got way more fun when a protester tried to walk up there in a Darth Vader mask with like a printed out sign, some sort of message uh, that I don't care about at all. And Joey Chestnut chokeholded the guy right to security just because uh, he bumped right next to him. You're in the middle eating hot dogs. You're trying to be the goat for the uh, 15th out of 16 years. You're trying to, uh, you know, crush the competition, which he did, by the way. He ate way more hot dogs than anybody else uh, to win one more time. Uh, but what's hilarious about it is just as that guy bumps into him and he looks over and he goes, nope, Darth Vader's not eating hot dogs. He's not supposed to be here. He chokeholds and then drops him to the ground. And it was sort of like a fluid motion. I wonder if Joey's going to get an offer from the WWE in the near future uh, to go ahead and sign up. And he'd have to be some sort of hot dog-related character. Uh, there would ha You'd get like slapped with a hot dog, I feel like, during each fight with him. Something would happen. But it was just amazing. And it's all over social media. It's viral to watch. As I said, guy comes up, bumps into Joey. Within a minute, situation taken care of. You still win the hot dog eating contest. That is a GOAT. And that is a goat exactly the way I want sports to be goosed and enhanced. He allowed for there to be a, a, a moment of, of peril, however not perilous it was. Uh, it didn't seem like that Darth Vader guy was going to do much damage to anybody if he decided to start swinging. Uh, but he, he took him down and just kept rolling along. Uh, so maybe in the future, uh, more protesters that uh, Chestnut gets to uh, own. Uh, I don't know. Just an idea out there, Nathan's. Uh, get back to me or get back to probably a legal team that's going to be rejecting all of these ideas. Uh, Chad Benson supports uh, none of the things I say on the show, by the way. These are not his words. These are mine. Uh, very kind man, uh, but don't blame him for anything that I've done here. He is back tomorrow. Quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins on the Chad Benson Show.
no need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist! There is no corona! But hurry, before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it, I'm not going to lie. This is The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned earlier on in the show that I uh, saw the Minions movie over the weekend because my wife is a giant fan of the Minions movie. I, I think they're funny at times. I know this is going to be a take that a lot of people don't like. I, I don't I don't get the love and admiration for them, but I made the missus happy. So that's a win of a weekend uh, if you're a married man. Uh, I also saw this, though, on social media. A lot of people we didn't see any in our theater uh, went in full suits to see the Minions movie. A lot of young people, a lot of young men. Uh, they called themselves the Gentle Minions. Uh, apparently, that was a thing that was viral on social media. Uh, I laugh because of the stupidity of it. Uh, but the gentle, million, gentle, gentle Minions and their desire to go viral on social media, one by dressing up in a uh, you know suit uh, to go to a movie for children, and then two, I guess, to get rowdy inside the theaters, uh, those things uh, caused the movie maybe to have a significant bump. It was something that everyone wanted to do, I guess, on social media. A lot of people wanted to do in order to try to have their accounts go viral. That It's the weirdest thing. I saw two stories uh, kind of similar to this. Uh, one's about this uh, pizza place in Jersey uh, where I guess the son of the owner of the pizza shop uh, is attractive. People think he's very good looking. And so they follow him on social media. He is then an influencer. Those are the requirements of being an influencer, or at least some of them. And now people go to that pizza shop and it's doing quite well in the area, an area that's got a lot of great pizza, uh, just because the guy is technically an influencer online. Uh, so now I guess companies have to figure out a way because, uh, you know, they're going to try uh, to enhance their uh, social media uh, influencer identity or their chances of being a viral hashtag like Gentle, Million, Gentle Minions was. Don't know why that's hard for me to say. Uh, to help that movie do even better at the box office. And it did very, very well uh, at the box office. Uh, I'm not saying that this this seems like mostly harmless as far as like the TikTok pranks and the other things we talk about uh, where children do stuff that's really dumb and certainly illegal or getting them hurt. Uh, just dressing up in a suit and going to a movie uh, especially a kid's movie, is not one that I truly hate in that world of the viral mistakes that get made. Uh, but it is, again, as I said, one that's going to be monetized almost immediately. Uh, your decision to do something silly as a as a, uh, a generation or just as uh, people on a social media app is they're going to immediately lean in. Uh, they're going to have the next trailer for the next movie, uh, make a joke how everybody's got to wear top hats to it, and then a bunch of people will do it or might do it, and it'll go viral on social media too. Uh, But I I think that that's got to be a struggle that's definitely real now. How do we as a company enhance those people uh, who are going to go to things just because their social media account itself uh, might benefit? They don't actually want to see our movie. They don't care about us at all. Uh, The thing that they most want to do is just have a bunch of likes. How do we get them likes? Uh, I hope they don't actually do that, by the way, but I think they will. Uh, One other thing I saw that's kind of interesting to me, especially in light of the fact that so many uh, parties, so many uh, get-togethers over the holiday Uh, probably involved some sort of music. Uh, You might have went out, seen a band perform locally. You might have gone to a a July 4th fireworks show somewhere and the band played. Uh, And there's this big take about how weather changes the shape and the sound of musical instruments. Uh, So if people are out in certain conditions, the drums, the guitar, all of the things that they're playing, uh, including maybe the national anthem that I heard sung last night uh, by a local person who uh, might not have been at her best. Uh, I don't know if you can blame the, the vocal cords being interrupted too. 
but weather. It can have a huge impact that's obvious that makes sense to me. Uh, not just the moisture, but the wind, of course, uh, is something that can make you truly sound different uh, than you sound when you're recording that album. Uh, so I like that as an excuse. Or a lot of mu musicians seem to be talking about it right now, uh, going to social media places and saying how they had performances. Uh, they were hoping for uh, big crowds and a lot of success and maybe starting on uh, the road to be in the next big band. Uh, but then the wind got them uh, or some sort of uh, a weather-related thing got them. I don't know. I've never uh, played an instrument well. I've attempted to learn a few instruments. I've never gotten to the point where I think to myself, man, this would sound better if I wasn't in a wind tunnel right now. Um, so I, I'm not sure the accuracy entirely of this. The study says it's true. The musicians are saying it's true. Uh, but I like the idea of this is also an excuse. If you just have a bad set, uh, if you just have a show that's not uh, the show you wanted to put on, you just walk off the stage and be like, man, that the wind was terrible. Even if no one felt any wind at all. Or man, the, you know, the humidity today, it just really screwed everything up. Otherwise, we'd be the we'd be signed immediately. Uh, we'd be the next big giant act, as I said, uh, just touring the nation uh, everywhere. I like excuses. Uh, I don't usually respect them, but I like hearing them. That's that's the way that I like to hear that sort of stuff. All right. As I said, Craig Collins has been filling in on the Chad Benson show. I uh, have a lovely, lovely, I guess, day after the holiday. Uh, and hopefully you had a lovely uh, July 4th. The best news I can definitely provide to you. Out of all the news I can provide to you is Chad is back tomorrow, which is very good news. Uh, Chad Benson will be back crushing this thing. Uh, lots of serious, I'm sure lots of silly topics uh, for him to discuss. I don't know if some of the things that I said will come up or if you guys will say some of the stuff I asked on social media. I hope so, though. Uh, but thanks so much for listening. This is the Chad Benson Show.